Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Dr. Henderson and I were talking quite a few months ago about different Bible characters and Bible stories that talked about faith and hope. You see, we wanted more than just people to interview. We also wanted some biblical stories that could illustrate this and and inspire us today. And one of the stories I thought of was the story of Daniel. Our church was going through it at the time, the book of Daniel, and I thought, what about Daniel chapter 1? That's such an incredible story about this Hebrew boy that's taken from Judah into Babylon, and he ends up purposing in his heart to serve God and follow his conscience, and ends up changing the world as we know it because of his faithfulness. And I was like, why don't we do Daniel chapter 1? Well, little did I know that that decision would turn into now part five of the life of Daniel. And uh, I've really enjoyed this journey, and I hope you have too. Now, last time, you probably have forgotten where we were last time in the story of Daniel, because it was quite a while ago, but we left you at a cliffhanger. We actually weren't exactly dealing with Daniel. We were dealing with his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were here at this big convention-like thing. There's this golden image set up. There's the 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 plane of Dura that they're all on, and they're commanded to bow down to this idol, and they refuse. They stay standing. And so they're getting called before King Nebuchadnezzar, who's saying, I'm going to do this one more time, give you one more chance. Either you bow, or there's a burning, fiery furnace that you're going to get thrown into. And that's where we've left you for the past several weeks. So today we're going to pick up that story again. What decision did these three young Hebrews make? Find out right now. It is really good to be back in the studio. Yes, it is. We've been gone for a while. I know my wife and I, we've been traveling for the last six weeks. Well, kind of traveling. We were, uh, I had um, some meetings I had to go to, and then I had a class that I went to for a couple of weeks. And then the last couple of weeks of that, we were on a trip with some of the other pastors in the conference. So, um, okay, tell them where you were. <laughs> we were in uh, Switzerland and Italy. So we were following some of the uh, some of the historical sites in early Christianity, which uh-huh. were really amazing. We went to the valleys in Italy where the Waldensians lived. They were um, a group of people that stayed true to God through the Dark Ages. And uh, we spent some time in Rome and uh, and looked at, went to St. Peter's Basilica and the Vatican Museum and, and things like that. Uh, so it was it was really fun. And it was with a uh, Christian group. Yes. Which made it even more interesting. I exactly. Yeah. It, it definitely was. We were yeah. with, you know, a lot of the other pastors in the area. Um, and, uh, and so there was a, a lot of... Of religious insight and religious history that we were looking at. Right, so, right. Yeah, it was really neat. Well, probably need to get to the <laughs> we meat do. of the day here. We do. So we're going to go back to our Daniel series. I know we haven't, we haven't done this in a while, and you may not even remember where we left off. But we left off in kind of a cliffhanger point in this right. story. We were in Daniel right. chapter 3. You remember there was this golden image that was set up. All these, um, everybody who was anybody in the in the empire of Babylon was called together, and they were supposed to bow down and worship the image. 
And these three Hebrews didn't. They didn't bow down. And, uh, and they were actually given a second chance. And I think that's where we stopped. But let's go back a little bit to verse 13 um, and set back up this second chance. And um, let's finish the story here. So reading out of the clear word again. Okay. Uh, if you want to uh, keep going in, in verse 13. This is uh, Daniel 2, verse 13, and the uh, clear word, more modern version. As the death decree was being drawn up... Actually, chapter 3, sorry. Chapter uh, 3. We're in chapter 3, verse 13. Chapter 3? Yes. <laughs> oh, verse okay. 13. Nebuchadnezzar became extremely angry and went into a rage. Now, that was because these three uh, Hebrew boys just continued to stand and wouldn't bow down to his image. He ordered the guards to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to him at once. So when they came, he said to them, Is it true? that you three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, have not bowed down and worshipped before the golden statue that I have set up? They said, That's true, your majesty. Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to give you one more chance to demonstrate to others your loyalty to Babylon. And when you hear the first sound of the trumpets, followed by the flutes, the lyres, zithers, harps, and other instruments, you had better fall to your knees and bow in worship of my golden image. And if you do, we'll forget the whole incident. But if you don't, I'll have the three of you executed by throwing you into that nearby fiery furnace. No one, including your God, is going to stop me. So this is kind of defiant. Yeah, very defiant. And and it, there's a lot riding on this. I mean, it's unheard of for a, a king to give a second chance like that. Right. And, uh, and so he's given the second chance, and there's still the threat. You know, if you don't do this, there's this fiery furnace that you're going to get thrown into. So I don't know. Right. So then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answer the king. Your Majesty, we don't want to stand here and defend ourselves, but we will say that we've already thought this whole thing through and have made our decision. They weren't going to be kowtowed Mm -mm. by his threat. No, no. And it's, you know, in the the New King James that I have in front of me... um, it says we have no need to answer you in this matter. I think in the old King James it says we are not careful to answer you. They they didn't they didn't they didn't really care about the the results of their answer. They no. they weren't swayed by these threats or promises. They weren't going to change their minds. No. And so they were they were just going to answer the way that they believed. Yeah. So then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, "Your Majesty." We don't want to stand here and defend ourselves, but we will say that we've already thought this whole thing through and have made our decision. It's true that we didn't bow and worship before the golden statue that you have set up. But if that's considered being disloyal to Babylon, what can we say? 
our God, whom we serve, is able to defend us if he chooses to do so. Mm. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. They knew it was God's decision. They'd already made their decision. Yeah. And if he wanted to save them, he would. And they were going to trust him. Well, in the next verse, they they go on with this, you know, that whatever God decided, they were still going to trust him. You know, there are a lot of people who um, they'll make promises or, you know, beg God for help. And they'll say, if you deliver me, I'll believe in you. Or if you deliver me, I'll have faith in you. They weren't like that. No, they'd already made that decision. Yeah. Yeah. But if not, if God chooses not to do so, your majesty can be sure that we will not worship the Babylonian gods, nor bow and worship before your golden statue. So then the king became raging. His face turned red with anger as he looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Immediately he ordered his men to make one of the blazing furnaces seven times hotter. And when it was hot enough, the king ordered the strongest guards to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hand and foot and then throw them into the fiery furnace. So the guards tied them up and threw them fully dressed with their official robes, hats, and other garments into the blazing fire. Because the king in his rage had ordered the furnace to be made seven times hotter, the clothes of the guards who threw the three Hebrews into the furnace caught fire, and the guards burned up to death. Mm. You know, that kind of sets up the rest of the story, you know, because you could have some people say, well, maybe the fire wasn't hot, maybe, you know, something like that happened. No, this fire was extremely hot. And, uh... You know, hot enough that just the heat of it makes things spontaneously combust, which is incredibly hot. Yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down into the blazing furnace with their hands and feet tied. He was going to make sure they couldn't get up. Yeah. 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 The king, who was watching from a safe distance, suddenly jumped to his feet and staring toward the blazing furnace. And he said to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the fire? They said, Yes, sir, we did, your majesty. Then he said, Look, I see four men in there. All of them are untied and walking around in the fire. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God they told me about. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because sometimes we think that these trials, these problems, these things, our fiery furnaces that we go through, sometimes we we, we, we don't like them obviously, right. and we think that they're bad. And yet, through this experience, you know, they go in bound, captive, 
and they come out or and while they're in there the fire ends up burning these ropes off of them and they end up getting their freedom through it and meeting god himself right right which is incredible in fact what you just mentioned i'm starting to work on uh the topic of heaven Mm, mm -hmm. and uh the valleys and mountains that we go through and that comes into what you were just saying yeah yeah we all have our valleys yeah yeah and as a result of them we turn out better than when we came in often right So then he said, Look, I see four men in there, all of them untied and walking around the fire, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God that they told me about. Nebuchadnezzar came as close to the opening of the furnace as he could and called out to the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out of there. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, and the Son of God disappeared. Hmm. Then the king's counselors, the local princes, governors, commissioners, and all the other officials crowded around them to see and feel the three Hebrews who had been thrown into the blazing furnace and had walked out unharmed. Their bodies weren't burned, their hair wasn't singed, there wasn't even the smell of smoke on their clothes. <laughs> you know, it makes you wonder yeah. what these, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Jesus were talking about there in the fire. Yeah, you know? that's what I've often wondered, you know. <laughs> I wish what that I could... Jesus tell them yeah. while they were in there? It must have been a tremendous experience. Here was all this extra hot fire around them and they were doing okay <laughs> talking to Jesus <laughs> yeah. it was almost as if the fire wasn't there I mean even though it burned up the, the ropes that were on them yeah. it didn't touch them at all and, and when they came out it's just incredible that you know their hair wasn't singed, their garments weren't affected the smell of fire wasn't even, wasn't on, even them. on them and I can't even go to a campfire or, right. or a bonfire without smelling like smoke you know right. and yet they were in the middle of the fire and Completely unaffected. Unaffected. Yeah. Incredible. Serve a tremendous God, don't we? We do. (laughs) So then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent someone to rescue his servants because they put their trust in him. They were so loyal to him that they disobeyed my orders and risked their lives rather than bowing in worship before any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. Anyone who speaks disrespectfully of the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no matter what people, nation, or language group they come from, they will be torn to pieces, limb from limb, and his house will be made into a public toilet. There is no other God who can save his people like the God of the Hebrews. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Beshach, and Abednego and put them in complete charge of the province of Babylon. Well, the king hadn't lost his temper, had he? Yeah. <laughs> he's, still, he's still ready to cut people up. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because as, as you look at, and I, I think I made the comment at the end of chapter two as well, um, as you look at these first couple chapters, everything that we've covered in Daniel, it's so neat because it begins, you know, it has some sort of, you know, test, some sort of death decree almost, some sort of at least fear of, of death throughout the chapter. And it always ends with God being glorified and then his servants being promoted. Right. Every single chapter, you right. look at chapter one, you know, there's this diet thing. If they, if they ask for this, then they're all going to get killed. And yet it ends with them being 10 times wiser. Right. God's glorified and they become wise men in Babylon. Chapter two, we had this dream, you know, all the wise men are right. going to be killed, but uh, Daniel comes in, God gives the interpretation, God's glorified and Daniel becomes prime minister of Babylon. Right. And then, uh, here in chapter 3, same thing. We have this death decree. They're thrown into the fiery furnace. God saves them. God's glorified. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are promoted. And so it's just incredible to see the pattern that God uses as he deals with, with humans, and especially with Nebuchadnezzar, because really this first half of the book of Daniel is God trying to reach Nebuchadnezzar through whatever means possible. And he's been working through three different encounters that we've been reading, um, trying to get to the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. And, and uh, he's making headway, but he hasn't made it yet. Right, right. <laughs> In fact, uh, the next chapter tells us for sure what yes. happened. <laughs> yeah, and so we'll get, we'll get into that next yeah, time yeah. Um, about, about the final conversion of Nebuchadnezzar. Right. But, but here he's still... He's he's amazed by God. He's in, he's in awe of God, but he still um, he has a warped sense of God's government and the way that God mm-hmm. operates. And he's he's ready. You to... know, it's interesting that area is still very much in the news today mm-hmm. because it's now the uh, modern Iran. Mm. Is I've often wondered: Is there any kind of relics left? Um, Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon still in that area at all? I don't know. I mean, I know the um, there's an, a gate, the Ishtar Gate, which is in Berlin, the Museum of Berlin, I, right. which I really want to see. Um, but there's... I've been there. Oh, really? Have you yeah. seen the, the gate? Yeah. Wow. Um, and then I know quite a few places, we have a lot of bricks from Babylon. Um and uh, last year, we were on our my wife and I were on our honeymoon, and we were in the uh, the British Museum, and we got to see um, several samples. But I guess they have thousands of bricks that have Nebuchadnezzar's name stamped they, in them. He was back to yeah. Well, he, Nebuchadnezzar was very proud of what he was building oh, in Babylon, yeah. and so every brick was stamped with his name. And so yeah. we actually see that today. So. Um, Apparently, it was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. And God desperately wanted this king to give his heart to him. And we see the lengths that he was able to go to. It is incredible the lengths that God will go to reach one person. And that's really the whole theme of the book of Daniel, like we were just saying, is reaching the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. And probably this story with the the golden image and the fiery furnace and the three Hebrew boys and God himself walking in the fire is probably one of my favorite stories in the book of Daniel. 
But it's incredible how far God is willing to go, the lengths he's willing to reach to reach one person. And on that note, next week, we are actually going to be continuing the story. We're going to begin Daniel chapter four, where we're going to be talking about God again, trying to reach Nebuchadnezzar and the fascinating part where this chapter, Daniel chapter four, is actually Nebuchadnezzar's testimony that he wrote to his entire empire. So here is a sample from our conversation next week from Daniel chapter four. Yeah, and it really shows how much Daniel cared for Nebuchadnezzar. Right. And not only in the the troubled heart that he had at the beginning when he had heard what the dream was, but even down here at the end when he knows what it means. He right. knows, and, and he knows better than anybody else, Nebuchadnezzar, and the way that he is. Right. And uh, he was probably one of the closest people to the king. And yet he still felt bad for him and, and wanted to somehow protect him. And so he gives him this advice and says, yeah. you know, do these things and, and this won't happen. That conversation is coming up right here on Stories of Faith and Hope next week. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, so that you will not miss that episode. And uh, you can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com and on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. Music was provided by Dexter Britton under the Creative Commons license. I hope that you have a wonderful day, that God blesses your week, and that until next week, have faith and hope.